Welcome to this episode of Turdy for Turdy. Make sure you let us know how we're doing. Uh, you can either email us at tftpod2018 at gmail.com. Uh, you know, well, uh, and then, or you can hit us You're up on stupid. Twitter at Turdy for Turdy. Poopoo head. You're a poopoo head. Enjoy the show. What's that rubber? Whoa. What the I hell was that? My tongue was moving faster than my brain was. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Turdy for Turdy. I'm Andrew. That's Maher. Hi. So how's everything going? Uh, it's, you know, just just peachy, you know? Just, just peachy. Like a can of peaches. Or, you know, did you know peaches come in a can? And that they were put there by a man. I did not know that peaches were put in the can by the man. The, it's true, because the president of the United States of America told me. Hey, should I do the whole episode like I did the intro, where I'm just like, blah, 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 blah. I mean, I don't think enough people listen for us to really run anybody off. That's a good point. We have like eight people that consistently are on, and those same eight come out no matter what, so... You know what? Thank you. They're probably uh, like no. Bots I'm going to take a half a second to thank the Russian bots for coming out and checking this out because they are the most consistent people I've ever met. They come out no matter what. I'm just really upset that I keep thinking that they want to go on dates with me, and then you know, after you know three days, it's like I'm a bot. Please leave me. I'm going to go destroy myself now. And you know, if you can drive a robot to suicide, you got some problems in your life. Well, that usually happens when you move in together. Did you move in with the Russian robot? Um, I plead the fifth. The fifth robot? Maybe. Alright, so, anyway, let's get into uh, our story for today. Uh, This is really the story... Well, let's start out like this. Sports have heroes and villains. Would you agree with that? Uh, yeah. Well, sometimes a hero can become a villain, or a villain can become a hero. Yeah, this is kind of that first part hero to villain that's going to kind of happen for me personally. Now, most people might have a different opinion on this guy, but, you know, when I think, like, sports hero, I think somebody... Well, first person that came to mind while I was writing this was Jose Altuve is a hero here in Houston, because... The dude does a lot for the community, and without him, they wouldn't have world, won a World Series. So Hero's like a guy that that it does a lot in the community, does a lot for the fans, uh, has perf- has success on the field. Uh, How dare you talk about you know a, a saint of the Houston community and not mention the Liebensborn of J.J. Watt? I did that on purpose. I, I know you did. This is a non-J.J. Watt podcast from now on. Jose Altuve is the golden child of Houston, I mean, not the what, actual one. What What's more important, though, raising like $10 million for uh, hurricane relief or winning a World Series? You know, it's I think one of those is a little bit. If you have than to ask, you're not a true fan. <laughs> well, no, the, I was I was leaning. I was trying to make a joke that the World Series is more important oh, okay, good, good. than making You're it to the playoffs status, in the first Status regained. Year. All right, so the guy that we're talking about today um, – 
he had a pretty, he was good on the field, but the other stuff, uh, well, let's just say he definitely falls into the villain category. Uh, so today's episode begins is in... It, is it about Josh Norman? It's not. But if it was, this would be a very positive Josh Norman story if it was. You'd be very mad by the end of it. I'm mad because I thought of Josh Norman. I hate that punk. I love Josh Norman. It's if you're okay, Josh. Talk shit, you got to be able to back it up, man. Josh, if you're one of the eight Russian bots that listens to the show, I love you. Don't listen to him. But it's not Josh Norman because today's episode actually begins in 1966. The top song of that year, this is actually a good one, was Good Vibrations by the Beach Boys. Oh, I thought um, uh, it was New Kids on the Block. Feeling good vibrations. No, the other one. And then the best picture winner was The Sound of Music. Ugh. The hills are alive with the sound of music. That movie, every time I hear that song, like around Christmas time when it's on TV, I just run out of the room. If there's a window in front of me, I'll jump out through that too. Yeah, I think The Sound of Music's overrated. Yeah, you think? It's awful. But we're not talking about the sound of music today. Instead, I'm going to tell you that Bill Romanowski was born on April 2nd, 1966 in Vernon, Connecticut. I like where you're going. His family could be described as lower middle class. Growing up, Bill was not the big linebacker that he would become. He was a scrawny small kid. Huh, I wonder how he bulked up so much. <laughs> in, his, in his book and in an article that I found the Players' Tribune, he says that he remembers hearing his uh, parents argue about money and talk about money all the time, um, and that was concerning to him. It created a sense of fear. He realized early on that the way he could help his family was sports. Like, he wasn't a big kid, but he knew he... he he wanted to play sports. Like, that was all he wanted to do. That was all he thought about. So, in his head, the only way he could help his family and his only out was to just keep going down that path and becoming a professional sports player. That's a that's an interesting uh, take on life. <laughs> yeah, it's really putting your chips, into, uh, your chips all in on a hand that you're probably not going to win. Because I'm sure he's not the only kid that thought that. Most of the time, it doesn't work out. Like, good for him that it did, but... Nine like, out of hey, ten uh, times, if a kid says, hey, I want to be a professional football player, I just look at him and laugh. I mean, the stats are like not in your favor no, in that not category at, at all. Uh, <clears throat> so when he was in middle school, the family... This is just a story that I found that he told. Uh, when he was in middle school, the family could not afford uh, the clothes that he needed for gym. They couldn't afford his gym uniform. So, uh, to fix that, his mom actually dyed some old shorts and a shirt that was about four sizes too big. Uh, she dyed them to match the school colors and the colors of the other kids' gym uniforms. Um, obviously, she did it because she wanted her son to fit in. She didn't want to send him with just, like, hand-me-downs that didn't match everybody else's. She was trying. I mean, the best she could. Uh, unfortunately... All of Bill's classmates made fun of him when he showed up wearing that, and it caused him to be extremely embarrassed. And it's an embarrassment that he says he th can think about today and still tear up. So, like, that had a huge impact on his life, that, that moment. 
darn kids. I think after that, he was kind of like, they'll never make fun of me again. And that kind of injects a steroid needle into his arm at the age of 12. (laughs) I mean, that was, that was probably the start of, uh, that was the start of what would create Bill Romanowski. So he wanted to be, uh, he really wanted to be great at everything he did. And, uh, that was like I said. That's why he he didn't. That way, no one would treat him like that again. Sorry. Uh, he also worried about them having money for him to go to college. So, like I said, the money thing was a big fear for him, and he feared that his parents wouldn't have the money for him to go to school. So, all of that fear and that embarrassment and that concern that he had as a kid uh, kind of became the catalyst that created the the monster and the work ethic and the drive that. Bill Romanowski would become because one thing about Bill Romanowski is he was never like a natural talent. The dude would just do more than anyone else. As you'll see. Hey, hey, do more of a lot of stuff than other people. Oh, you shall see. Uh, so Romanowski's college career started like most, uh, college football players. He went to Boston College and he was redshirted, which a majority of freshman players are redshirted still today. So that's nothing new. But to him, that was a big, you know, that was a big punch in the face, kind of. So at Boston College, the players on the team that were on the actual team wore maroon and gold in practice, and the redshirted players wore a yellow jersey. Huh? I would have thought maybe they would have wore like red. You would think. So when Bill got to practice, he was given a yellow jersey. He says, I looked across the field at all my teammates in maroon and gold and said to myself, I don't know what it's going to take. I don't know if it's going to be a month, a year, a few years, but I'm going to be out on that other sideline. Well, can I uh, poke some holes in that? Yeah, yeah, I I like to poke some holes in it too, but you might hit mine. Go ahead. Um, Well, so he was redshirted. Mm-hmm. That usually doesn't imply that you have a chance of playing that year. I don't think. I guess you could. If you play, can take you away them. The, yeah, you yeah. can take away the red shirt. But yeah, um, you're a freshman, so your team would have to be really, 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 really bad, or you'd have to be really, 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 really good. Yeah. Um, so I have, I have an issue with this too. I there's a lot of kids and. Because of what I do for a living, I've I know one of a kid that went and played college football and he was redshirted, and when he was redshirted, he was very upset about it. He told me that he was upset. He felt like he was slighted. If you are a high school football coach with a star talent that's being recruited to colleges, please tell them that there's the possibility they're going to get redshirted. Like they should not take that as a knock. They're 18 years old and they're learning a new system and they're learning. A new speed of the game because college is different than high school. Like you should not be, feel, you should not feel insulted if you're redshirted. You know what I mean? Like, and this seems to be a common theme I see a lot is people feeling like they're being treated like trash because they're redshirted. It's like, no, you're just not ready. Well, especially if you play defense, because that requires a lot of knowledge and being able to read plays and stuff. And you know, corners I think are about the only thing that they throw a bunch of you know freshman into because if you're playing linebacker you're not just going to put some dude out there who's less developed than other people and yeah you know doesn't have that same football knowledge i'll need to bulk up too because high school kids don't have the same uh, equipment that college does so that's obviously going to help too or, or you could be in college for 
two years and still look like a 10-year-old like Miles Brennan. I like, I also like how he says, I don't care if it takes a month, a year, a few years. Like, look, Bill, if it's taken a few years, you're not going to make it. <laughs> if you've been redshirted for both seasons and you're still sitting there waiting, you're, you're not going to make it. So uh, I th- that's didn't a bad think sign. You could be redshirted more than once unless, you know, you got injured. So it's like you can be redshirted once. I think just a healthy scratch. And then there's one where for an injury. But if you found a way to be redshirted or not on the team for multiple years and just like a practice squad guy for a couple of years, like, that's a bad sign. So one year is fine. You be, you're redshirted for one year, totally cool. If they try to find a way to keep you off the field that second year, then start to worry. Yeah, I mean, then they probably wouldn't be wasting redshirts on you. You'd just be wasting away as the water boy or something. So he says that uh, he was so upset about being redshirted that he literally had tears rolling down his face when he'd watched the uh, the team practice. And that was when he decided to do something about it. Ooh, what did he do? What did he do? Not what you think. Aw. The next week in practice, Bill decided he would show the team what he could do. They were supposed to be going at about three-quarters speed, trying to keep everybody safe, no big hits on the quarterbacks or skill positions, just nice, easy practice, just, you know, going through the game plan. But Bill didn't listen to that. He ended up sacking Doug Flutie, who was the quarterback at Boston College at the time, four times. He got into fights with offensive linemen because he sacked the quarterback, and he turned around and drove the starting running back into the ground. So that was uh, that was how he announced that he was ready to play. He just beat the shit out of his offense. You know that's a that's a really good way to earn yourself a starting spot by uh, ignoring the coaching staff and then turning your entire you know team against you. Hey, it worked because it ended up earning him a spot on the bench. He was a he was deep deep on the bench, but he actually made the team. So they they did put him out on the field. So later that year, the team played Western Carolina. At the start of the second half, what the hell is Western Carolina, by the way? Hold on. Like, I Wait, so I actually, their name popped up. They're playing somebody, like a big, a big name, next year. And uh, people were making jokes like, oh, the forgotten Carolina. Oh, my God. The Western Carolina Catamounts? Um, what is a Catamount? Oh my God! We'll get back to the story in a minute, everybody. Hold on, we gotta we gotta dig deeper. I didn't, you know, I catamount. That sounds illegal. <laughs> cat? What is a catamount? Catamounts are large wild cats. They are that are also called panthers, cougars, or mountain lions. So it's a fancy name for a mountain lion. Kind of like the the gamecocks. It sounds better than being called the chickens. True. Actually, catamounts could be fun because it says it's another name for cougars. So you can, you can go to a bar and start chasing some catamounts. <laughs> like, like you, you get an older girlfriend, like, oh, you got a cougar. And, oh no, she's a catamount. She's ca- ooh, that actually sounds gross when you put it that way. Yeah, if, if you have a, if, it depends on how you pronounce it too. People yeah. might think you're saying, "Oh, that's a cat I'm out," and you're like, what? <laughs> "Yeah, yeah, that's what I was saying." All right, anyway, back to Bill. Uh, 
So at the start of the second half against the Western Carolina Catamounts, uh, one of the coaches was yelling for a player to get on the field for the kickoff. The problem with that was he didn't realize that the player had gotten hurt earlier in the game. So he was yelling for a guy that was never going to come because that guy was in the locker room being treated. So the coach started freaking out, trying to look for a, a quick substitute to toss out there on the kickoff because they were running out of time. And that's when he noticed that Bill Romanowski was pacing up and down the sideline like a wild animal. So the coach asked him if he wanted to get in the game, and Bill told him, you're damn right I want to play. And then looked around for his helmet and popped his helmet on. So he runs out there to cover the kick. Uh, once the ball's kicked off, he, he was shot out of a cannon. Like, apparently, and this is according to the coach, the coach said he was like 10 yards ahead of all his teammates at the, just at the jump. That's how fast he was going down for the kickoff. Uh, two guys tried to jump in his way to block him, but he pushed both of them over and just ran through them. Uh, eventually, after running down the field, it was just him versus the kick returner. They were like on an island because he was so far in front of the rest of the team and he had blown up both his blocks. So the kick returner juked left, then the kick returner juked right. Bill had enough of it and just jumped at him like a cat, just pounced at him. But the problem with that was he overpursued. Romanowski ended up jumping over the kick returner and landing on his head behind him. Over? Yes, over. Okay, I'm imagining something very cartoony at the moment. <laughs> I know. This is how it was written. That's that's how I'm going to tell it. But yeah, that seems ridiculous. He just like jumped right through this dude, apparently, like right over the top of him. Well, when he got back to the sideline, the coach said he had never seen anyone run as hard or as determined as Bill did on that play. He was proud of the work ethic, but told Bill, next time, just make the damn tackle. But after that moment, Bill wore the maroon and gold every day in practice. Woo! I'm just... Uh, like, there's some people that are too ridiculous, and that's too ridiculous. Like, if I saw that guy just hustle down the field like that, I'd be like, damn, he looks good. And then as soon as he jumped over, I'm like, oh, okay, that's why he doesn't start... <laughs> That's well, why gotta, he's just on kickoffs. You, you got to watch out for the guy who's going way too hard on certain plays because it's like, uh, this guy's going to hurt me and possibly himself in the process because um, he has no idea what he's doing and he's trying way too hard. Yeah, that guy was trying way too hard. And that kind of sums up Bill's whole career, though. So after a stellar college career, Romanowski was drafted in the third round by the San Francisco 49ers. Most players would be excited with this accomplishment, but all Bill could really think about was that he was at the bottom of the totem pole once again. So he goes to the 49ers who have great, great, great players like Jerry Rice, Roger Craig, Roddy Lott, but Bill was a nobody. And so his biggest issue was he had to find a way to be noticed. And it's very hard to be noticed when you're on a team with that many like superstar players. So he came up with a strategy. He decided that he was going to make sure that the coaches always saw him because he was going to find a way to be everywhere. So his idea was no matter what the coaches are doing, I want them to see me. So he came up with... Um, the idea of anytime somebody 
caught the ball and ran to the end zone, he would just chase after him and try to race him to get back to the end zone. So, for example, if Jerry Rice caught a, caught a 10-yard slant and sprinted towards the end zone, instead of just standing and lining up for the next play, Bill would take off and run behind Jerry until he caught him and then beat him in a full sprint to the sideline he tur- or into the end zone. He turned it into a race. Wait, so he was running on the sideline while not No, playing? no, he was like he would he wouldn't hit Jerry Rice, but he would run like side by side with him and try to race him to the end zone. Um that seems like a losing battle. Yes, yeah, so he did that because in his head he figured if the coaches are all watching Jerry run and catch the ball, as long as I'm in the general vicinity of Jerry, the coaches are going to see me too. So if they see him sprinting to the end zone and I'm chasing after him, they're going to see that I've got a lot of hustle and that's going to get me on the field. That was his strategy. I mean, that is a real thing though. Cause when we used to watch tape, um, when I played in high school, um, you know, the coach did look at like, were you in the camera view? Or, like, were you within a certain, like, amount of the play? I mean, that was on a, you know, on whatever side of the ball play, but still, they look for you to be in the camera view. And if you're there, it's like, oh, look, he's trying. Yeah, I don't I don't knock that strategy. It's a good idea. But there is a part of it that would probably make him look like a psychopath at certain points when everybody else is standing still except for, like, Jerry, who's jogging in the end zone. And then all of a sudden, Bill Romanowski just flies by him, sprinting to the end zone with nobody there, just... It's a little weird, but I think the idea is is sound, at least. The thing that's really funny about that, that I'm imagining in my head, is Romanowski just going balls to the wall, like, sprinting, and then Jerry just, like, half-ass, like, jogging, and they're, like, he'd still be, like, a couple yards ahead of Romanowski. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly how I picture it, which is what makes it funny to me, too. Just, like, hard, like, white guy running, like, chopping the air with his karate hands, and like whatever like grunting and everything and jerry's just jogging like hey what's up bill (laughs) and bill's sitting there like (laughs) so bill's that drive and work ethic uh were not didn't go unnoticed so the plan worked um ronnie lott was was a big fan of it and there was a point in time at practice where Maybe Ronnie Lott said the most dangerous thing anybody's ever said to Bill Romanowski. Uh, He told him that if he wanted respect, the only way to earn respect on the field was to always be tough and always be intense. Always bring everything that you got every day, no matter what you're doing. And Bill Romanowski, in his head... He was already had a work ethic that was above no other. If people were in the gym for two hours, he'd be in there for three. If they were at practice for two hours, he'd stay for four. Like He was always like that. But when Ronnie Lott told him that, that's when he really cranked up that craziness and that intensity that we're going to hear about in a second. So I guess Ronnie Lott could be blamed for creating Bill Romanowski. Do you think at one point, like, he just, like, dropped to his knees and was like, I created a monster! What have I done? So what made Bill Romanowski a dirty player? Because anytime you hear Romanowski, most people now say one of the dirtiest players ever. Um, Personally, and to go back with what I I said at the beginning, when I said that sometimes you live long enough to see your hero become a villain, I... 
up until maybe like Batman. five or ten years ago, I had fond memories of Bill Romanowski. I always thought he was that badass that played for the Broncos during the Super Bowl era when they won the two Super Bowls. And I don't know why, but I miss a lot of the dirty, the the bad stories about him. The only ones I remember are the stories of him with the Raiders. So I've never heard really any positive stories about. I mean, I, I've never disliked Romanowski, but. I mean, I feel like even with my limited older football knowledge that, uh, you know, I, I've always known him as being, you know, one of those guys. Yeah, I don't know how I missed that, but I just somehow I just didn't realize it. I guess I didn't realize how bad it was. And so that's what we're going to talk about. So um, the very first instance where Bill did something that was kind of questionable was uh, when he played for the 49ers. So he played for the 49ers, the Eagles, the Broncos, and the Raiders, in that order. He spent about four years with the uh, 49ers, one year with the, with the Eagles, I think six years with the, the Broncos. Sorry, I don't have it up in front of me, but it's rest estimate. And then like three years with the Raiders. So... In that first four years, he was really quiet. You didn't hear a lot of negatives about Bill, except for this one. A story came out of practice that he punched Jerry Rice and started a brawl at practice one time. Uh, Obviously, everyone on the team knew that you didn't hurt Jerry Rice. You didn't hit him. You didn't put him in any situation where you could injure him because he was the best player in the league at the time. It's prison rules, man. You got to take the biggest guy down and, you know, on in the in the yard and you know jerry was you know he was I, a big deal and i actually think i think that was i think that is part of it like he just wanted to be like look at how badass i am and tough i am don't mess with me i'll hurt try to hurt jerry i'm gonna but fight a, a wide idea. receiver who doesn't play that physical of a of a position yeah bad idea so that was the first time that people are like okay bill needs to settle down now let's get into the good stuff So while playing with the Eagles in that one season he spent there, Bill once got an altercation with uh, Cardinals fullback Larry Sinners. They had been kind of jawing at each other the whole game, and after tackling Sinners on a play, Romanowski kicked him in the head five times. He was ejected and fined (laughs) $4,500. Man, fines back then. Oh, we're going to hear a lot about fines tonight in this know, next part. I know, but $4,500 for... For kicking a dude in the head five times? Yeah, that's not, not that'd much. That'd be like fifty grand in a couple games now. Yeah, he also... He was ejected for that game, but he was back the next week. If you do that today, you're not coming back for a while. Because, I mean, it, was, it wasn't just like... It wasn't Ndamukong Sue, like, oops, I tripped and somehow stepped on Aaron Rodgers' hand, it was like, I hate you, I'm going to kick you in the head. Well, Suze, Suze was, like, obvious, like, he intended it, but, like, he just did it. Like, he, he would, like, just do a quick kick or, like, a, a you know, a, a quick stomp. He didn't sit there and, like, curb stomp people or, like, kick them five times. Five times is not like, oopsie, that's like, I want to murder you. Yeah, exactly. Ndamukong Sue, everybody knows that he did what, does what he does and did what he did on purpose, but Bill, uh, but he tried to hide it a little bit. Bill Romanowski never tried to hide it. He was just like, I hate you. I'm going to try to murder you. Uh, like I said, he only spent that one season with the Eagles. And um, 
still his career other than the Larry Sinners incident and the Jerry Rice incident. It wasn't he wasn't a big name. It's when he moved to the Broncos that people started knowing the name Romanowski. So in 1997, Romanowski became synonymous with being an intense and dirty player. In the preseason of that year, Bill committed a legal helmet-to-helmet hit on Panthers quarterback Kerry Collins. I actually remember this. Since it was just preseason, there was no need for the amount of violence that he showed, but he hit him so hard, led with the crown of his helmet right into the chin of Kerry Collins, that it actually broke Kerry Collins' jaw. jaw. Ow. In a preseason game. Uh, he was fined $20,000 for that hit. Well, I guess at least there was a little bit of money involved in that one. Well, yeah. I mean, the other one, nobody really got hurt. But when you break a dude's jaw, that's when you got to put your foot down. That's bad. That's when you got to put your foot down five times into someone's head. I mean, what? And if you're listening to this and you're wondering, like, you're like, oh, it doesn't sound so bad when you're reading it to me. Just go watch some of these clips. Like, the Kerry Collins hit was brutal. You feel for the dude. Uh, He needed a lot, a lot of alcohol to take the pain away that night. Well, you got to be hit in a very specific way to break your jaw, too. Yeah. Like that means he probably came up from underneath them and probably whacked him with his helmet or shoulders in the in the Oh, jaw. it was helmet. It was helmet. He rocked him with his helmet. Uh, I mean, but he probably came up like underneath them instead of you yeah, know, it wasn't but, just yeah. a straight helmet to helmet. He probably like you know Yeah, he like torpedoed going up yeah. into his chin. Uh so later in that same season during a Monday night game, Bill got into an argument with 49ers receiver JJ Stokes. Stokes had been trash-talking Romo, um, which was something that you didn't do at the time because you knew that he, most people knew he was crazy. Uh, but this led to one of Bill's most famous outbursts where he turned around, started yelling back at Stokes, and then spit in his face. Uh, it was caught on Monday Night Cameras, and he was fined $7,500. That's pretty, that's pretty great. Who else is? Who else was it that got in trouble for spinning a couple of years ago? I don't. That doesn't sound that familiar. I don't. I feel like it would have been a pretty big deal if someone just straight up spit on. Somebody. Oh, I remember Sean Taylor. That was who it was that got in trouble. They said he spit in somebody's face. The difference between the Sean Taylor and the Bill Romanowski. I think it was Sean Taylor anyway. But I, the difference between that one and the Bill Romanowski one was that that Sean Taylor one kind of looked like it was. Uh, not fully on purpose, like it might have been, but it wasn't that bad. Bill was just like, I'm going to hawk a loogie on your nose. And so, Wait, who was the guy that uh, Sean Taylor spit on? Uh, let me go look real quick. Because if I don't, I don't want to be wrong about this. The reason I asked that question was, um, was he ever, you know, interviewed as a murder suspect? No. Uh, Sean Taylor ejected for spitting on Pittman. Uh, he spit on Michael Pittman, Pittman uh, running back for the uh, Tampa Bay Bucks. Uh, I don't know. the Bucks. The guy probably deserved it. Well, he lives in Florida, so. Well, actually, Sean Taylor lived in Florida. You know what? Never mind. Let's move on. Uh, well, see? See? <laughs> he could have been a suspect. All Florida people suck. Sorry, I'm Florida people. I'm just saying, people. he was in the same state, and uh, he was pissed off at him. You know, he waited like three years. Yeah, staged a, a fake uh, break-in. Bada-bing, bada-boom. 
I really hope he didn't walk in the door and was like, bada bing, bada boom. And Sean I mean, Taylor's like, wait, what's going on? He did. That, that's the sound his gun made. <laughs> bada bing, bada boom. In, uh, in 1999, Bill got fined $10,000 for kicking Hall of Fame tight end Tony Gonzalez in the head after the play had been well-blown dead. Not Tony. And later that same year, he crushed Fred Taylor with another illegal helmet-to-helmet hit. Fred Taylor was the running back for the Jaguars, if you don't remember. He crushed him with a helmet-to-helmet hit, and that hit cost him $15,000. I thought Fred Taylor was on a different team. No, Fred Taylor was a Jag. He was like one of the best Jags running backs other than Maurice Jones-Drew. Hey, speaking of Maurice Jones-Drew, um, did you see that he's doing uh, AAF football now? Is he? What's he doing there? Um, or is he on the NFL Network? I don't yeah, he's know. on he, the NFL. He's been yeah, on the NFL well, Network for a couple of years. He was in the booth at the, the AAF game, and it was super awkward because he just literally like sat there and like wiggled his eyes around and was not talking. He couldn't like get a word in edgewise. It was pretty funny. So the thing with Maurice Jones-Drew that I've noticed on NFL Network is he's very good at just, like, shooting the breeze with other guys on the set. Like, he's just good at having a conversation, but whenever they have him, like, trying to do the news and stuff, he comes off a little stiff. Yeah, no, he he just basically sat there and, like, did the, you know, the stuff they do when they're, like, not talking, like, kind of look around, act like they're listening, and, did like, he tried to talk a couple times, and they didn't shut up. That doesn't sound like a good time for MJD. Uh, he's a really good Madden player, though, apparently. Or at least he was, like, five years ago. Uh, in 2001, which was Bill's final year with the Broncos, he knocked out Ronald Williams, an offensive lineman for the Raiders. The hit was extremely late and cost him another $7,500. Uh, like I said, he knocked him out like he knocked the guy cold. Uh, this one is significant because the next year, Bill Romanowski would sign with the Raiders and the two would become teammates. Wow, that's um, that's got to be awkward. Yeah, I feel like you got to maybe apologize at that point, but it's Bill Romanowski and we know he didn't apologize. He probably made the guy apologize to him. Yeah, you got my way. Uh, later that year, Bill was fined 10000 for trying to uh, decapitate Trent Dilfer. I do remember, I don't remember what that one looked like, but I, that's like the one I remember yeah, like that being one, talked about. That, that was the one, one was where he like violent. grabbed the dude, but grabbed him and just like ripped him down by the head. That was pretty bad. Did he even tackle him or he just straight up like grabbed him? He just like, went for the head. It. He just went yeah. for the head. Uh, I couldn't find where this one fit in the story of that year, but that same year he was also fined for throwing the ball, uh, ball at the crotch of an opponent. That one was an undisclosed fine. I can never find how much it was, but yeah, he he got fined for throwing the ball at the the crotch of another player. I think I do remember hearing about that one, too. Uh, Then Bill's last on-the-field in an NFL game incident came in 2002 against the Titans. He grabbed Eddie George by the face mask, ripped off his helmet, and then jabbed his fingers into Eddie's face. He was fined $5,000. Wow, that's... um. I feel like you should be kicked out of a game for that, but what do I know? So before we get into the big, uh, the the big finale on Bill Romanowski bad stories, I saved this one for the last. Um, 
Now, I couldn't find what year this happened in, but it was in the 60 Minutes interview he did. He talked about this story. And like I said, I don't know what year this was, so I just put it at the end. But uh, basically, he told a story that uh, there was a pile trying to recover a fumble, and he shoved his arm into the pile, and he was looking for the ball, but he couldn't find the ball. Eventually, he found the hand of the guy he thought had the ball from the other team. So he started pulling on that guy's hand to try to see if the ball was in there so he could grab it. But he couldn't feel the ball. So he started losing grip of this guy's arm. And the last thing he had in his hand was the guy's finger. And so he was holding on by a finger. Well, what does Romanowski do? He just starts bending that finger until he hears a break. And he just breaks the dude's finger. And then he starts saying that he heard, like, screaming from the pile. And uh, that the guy was obviously in pain from the broken finger. And then when they all got up. He realized that guy never even had the ball. Oh, they can say, and that was his teammate. No, no, but the guy never had the ball. And what's creepy about this story, at least in my opinion, is when he tells it, he says that he's sorry for playing that way, but he talks about it so nonchalantly that I don't believe a word he says. Oh, no, he's definitely not sorry. He's like, I'm not sorry. And as bad as that story is, let's go into Bill's worst moment that he had in his career. Uh, in his final season in 2003, one day at practice, Romanowski attacked a teammate, Marcus Williams. He, so Marcus was kind of a middling to low-tier tight end. Uh, he wasn't going to probably make the team anyway. But he uh, apparently, he I, I guess he like, did a bad block on Romanowski or something pissed him off. So Romanowski went over to him. And ripped the helmet, ripped this dude's helmet off, and punched him right in the eye. He punched him so hard that it crushed the kid's eye socket. Oh wow, that's um, yeah, that's like jail time. So the injury was so bad that uh, Williams had to retire from the NFL. He just it, his face just the way it was. It never he could never see the way he needed to see to play again. Shit, I'd be surprised if he got to keep the eyeball after that one. Yeah, it was bad. And so he ended up suing Romanowski for $3.4 million in damages. Uh, he sued and cited roid rage as the reason for the attack. And Bill was forced to pay Williams 340000 in lost wages and medical expenses. But they didn't go for the, three, the full 3.4 because... I, and honestly, the way I read it, it sounds like they didn't do it because they didn't think this Marcus Williams guy was going to have that big of a career anyway. But they they did get him for, like, Bill had to pay his whole year's salary and medical expenses. Fair. So, let's go, let's talk about, just for a second, the the idea of citing roid rage for the lawsuit. A lot of people go back and look at these instances with Bill and say that, he had roid rage, and understandable because some of that stuff was crazy. The problem with that theory is that uh, it was never proven that he took steroids in those early years, like the Broncos years and the 49ers years and the Eagles years. Uh, there's no proof that he ever took any steroids, so it's very hard to link steroids to the, some of the stuff that he did. Well, I may be talking out of my ass, but I thought I... Um... 
I heard an interview with him where he was kind of describing how he just kept trying new stuff that they weren't testing for yet. And that's where we're go where I'm going. So very good. You know, you know where this story's going. Uh, I I I find Romanowski interesting. So like I I don't know any of the good stuff he did, but he had a pretty good interview. It might have been the same sixty minutes. Yeah, one sixty minutes one's that. the reason why I started doing this story. I didn't know you'd watched it too because it's such a like oh. some of the stuff he says is just so wild. It was like years ago. I don't even remember when that came 2006. out. 2006. Yeah, so I, I don't remember anything other than steroids. And th that also happened to be the premise of a you know game that came out. So that also... Blitz the that. League! Oh, that was the name of the game. Uh, so in the book that he wrote, he did talk about taking drugs to get an edge. And this is what you were talking about. Uh, he took things like ephedrine... And Fentermine, uh, Fentermine, I think it's Fentermine. Uh, he also said in that interview, I tried every possible thing as long as it wasn't on that banned substances list. If I th had to do it all over again, I would have probably changed some things. No, no shit. So there's a definite asterisk in the idea that it was proven he never took steroids because he's very open about taking a bunch of other stuff during those early years. Uh, and to continue on with the drug thing, Romanowski and his wife were also named in the uh, Balco scandal under the crime of prescription drug fraud. So uh, the FBI investigated this company in San Francisco and found that they were selling like designer steroids and stuff that would be hard to pick up on tests. Uh, records seized by the government said that Bill used two of these such drugs, a steroid called the Clear, and a, a testosterone ointment called the Cream. So, and and it that it, was their official name. Yes, yes, the Clear, really the Clear, and the Cream. Oh, I know. Did Scientology sell the Clear drug? The Clear. And the the important thing about this is the evidence showed that he was linked to both of these drugs in 2003 and in 2003 only. So that would be the last year that he played for the Raiders. Well, that makes sense. I mean, he's getting old. Uh, in, a, in the 60 Minutes interview in 2006, he admitted to using HGH and steroids around that same time. There is no evidence that he was using steroids during any of the events we talked about above, except for the fight at practice that broke the dude's eye socket. Huh. For some reason, I had it in my head, I thought he had actually gotten some suspensions for PEDs, but... No. That must be wrong. Yeah, no. He, he was very good at about avoiding the things that uh, were on the list, and instead just focused on stuff that was... He he was very good about staying one step ahead of the NFL in terms of what he was taking. Was he was he doing cheetah blood? And he's like, I am not the cheetah. I am not the cheetah. <laughs> Nobody's gonna know what we're talking about. That was the oh, thing. Oh man, that that movie is so great. Wasn't that John Cena? Uh, who no? Who said? No. I thought it was Dolph Lundgren. Wasn't it Dolph I mean, Lundgren? It was some super jack dude. I can't imagine it being uh, Dolph Lundgren just because he's so old. I want to say it was John Cena. Uh, hold on. I let's go to the board. Man, the internet's awesome. Tour de pharmacy. I forgot what the name of that. I forgot what the name of that show was. Uh, yeah, tour de pharmacy. Yeah. 
<laughs> bad radio. It was John Cena. It was John Cena. I just, I love that idea of, like, this guy, of the fact that they had John Cena, like, riding a bike and acting like he wasn't up to something suspicious when, like, bike riders are, like, all leg and calf muscle, and he was just, like, super jacked. Where the hell did I get Dolph Lundgren from? That was a weird name to drop. Um, uh, maybe you're thinking of Rocky IV? <laughs> I'm not, no, no, yeah, he, he... in Rocky IV, he definitely looked at Rocky square in the eyes and was like, I am not a cheetah. Yeah, well, you know, he's not. His Russian accent did come off a little German at times. It, yes, it, it did. Actually, well, because he he's didn't. German, he's so. German, and he didn't talk a lot in that movie. He had like maybe five lines. I don't know if he actually talked. He did. He did once. He talked oh, when him like, and Rocky will, were in the middle of the ring. Yeah, he he literally tells him like, "I will kill you" or something. Yeah, it's I don't like know. say hi to your friend or something. I don't know. I don't think that was the line, but that'd have been pretty ridiculous if he walked up to you like, say hi to your friend after I kill you. It kind of makes him seem a little less terrifying if he if he says it like that. <laughs> so, uh, even though Bill is... Oh, yes. no, is that the one he says if he dies, he dies? Maybe that's like literally all he says. Yeah, I, I do remember that line vaguely. I honestly don't remember Dolph's lines in that movie, but there was like four. Hey man, that was Oscar nomination level, um, you know, workout scenes. The montages were like should have won every award ever. All the montages, the one where he's using all the fancy like high tech equipment because Russia's super high tech when they were the Soviet Union. You know, everybody well, knows Rockies, that, right? For some reason, training yeah. in a cabin in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, why well, he's got the like. You know, the KGB following him around in the snow that's like 10 feet high. And he's got that stupid beard. Oh, that was ridiculous. I love that movie. It's stupid, but it's fun. Was he filming, like, Cliffhanger at the same time and was like, I'm just going to, like, be the same for part of this movie? Yeah, I've got to keep this beard for both movies, okay? If I have a beard, people can't tell that I'm really just not moving my mouth and my jaw around. It's just kind of weird. <laughs> Adrian! So, obviously, um, this hasn't been very positive about Bill Romanowski, but he was a good player. Uh, he played, like I said, he played for those four teams. He played for 16 years. He actually played in 243 consecutive games from 1988 to 2003. Uh, he That's a lot of games considering, you know, the position he played. Yeah, that's impressive. 16 years and not missing a game. Uh, his stats are pretty great, too. He finished off with 1,100 tackles, 40 sacks, uh, 18 forced fumbles, 18 interceptions, and one interception that he returned for a touchdown. He was also selected to the Pro Bowl twice, uh, both with the Broncos, and he's a four-time Super Bowl champion. Good for him. Uh, and obviously after, after his, um, his playing career, he went on to write the book where he was very honest about what he did. Maybe not completely honest cause he says sorry, but it seems like it's definitely not sorry. Uh, and he also went to star in everybody's favorite movie, The Longest Yard. That movie was great just cause it had like several really shady football players in it. 
You know what else is? I just realized this from our, our conversation earlier, but Bill Romanowski was in that game, Blitz the League. He was like one of the main characters in that. Didn't him and like Lawrence Taylor, yep. like, weren't they the ones who made that game essentially? Well, I think they were like the big, uh, the big names behind it to sell it, the marketing names. So yeah, it makes perfect sense now that I think about it like that. Their faces and names were plastered all over that game. Makes sense. It makes a lot of sense now. I, I, uh, man, if that game like would have probably had like legit teams and not seemed like as crappy as it was the whole idea behind it was kind of cool the fact that you could like do steroids and all the stuff you're not supposed to be able to do oh don't you know the nfl hated that game oh i'm sure they did and the fact that two of their former players endorsed it well i mean two of their like really like i guess big name players but they were i mean both guys were known as being dirty yeah, Bill Romanowski's kind of been disowned by the league the last couple of years. He, uh, he... Well, maybe not now, but those first few years after he retired, he kind of... They, they weren't a big fan of him. He's never getting in the Hall of Fame, though, is he? Probably I don't not. think so. He also has been accused of being racist several times because there's a point that, um... I mean... Oh, what's his name? Shannon Sharp brought up a good point about Bill Romanowski. He said all these like major incidents that we talked about, with the exception of the Trent Dilfer one, happened to black players. And so, I don't know. I mean, it could just be a product of him being mad, and he probably doesn't care who you are, but there are some people that think Bill Romanowski's uh, a racist. See, well, you know... I think that the thing is not that he hates if you're black or white. All he sees is red, so he just hates red. He also did um, have the questionable move of calling Cam Newton boy after the Super Bowl in 2015, so that was also kind of bad. Yeah, um, I don't think you're supposed to do that. Yeah, no, not a not a good move. It's not a very PC term unless you're talking to a child, but still. You got to be careful what you say, because people might misconstrue it. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to put a bunch of evidence on him to say whether he's racist or not. But there's some things that if he was going to clean up his image, he would probably need to look at. And the first one being calling people boy. Well, how do you know that he wasn't trying to clean up his image by ripping off Trent Dilfer's head? It's like they won't think I'm a racist if I try to kill this Mr. Clean looking dude. Yeah, maybe that was the the whole idea behind. He's like, if I hurt Trent Dilfer, then nobody's going to know. Man, if he would have snapped his neck though, like then he wouldn't be on TV now, and that'd be nice. Is Trent Dilfer still on, still on TV? Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. I don't like him. I wish he would have got his neck snapped. Neck snapped. Neither do I. What if, like, Romanowski just, like, came back to the sideline carrying a helmet and there's just, like, a head pops out of it? That'd be pretty cool. <laughs> Wait, what? So Bill Romanowski just decapitated your thing? Like, what if he literally decapitated Trent Yeah, Dilfer? like, a play happens, a person's helmet comes off, everybody thinks everything normal's happening, and then maybe, like, all of a sudden, then someone goes to pick up the helmet and then all they shit, like, a head falls out and they're like, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> And he killed him. Like, 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 Jang, like, uh, Bo, uh, whatever, Django Fett style, just 
picks it up and the head plops out. <laughs> then some kid comes along and picks up the head, shakes the sh- picks up the helmet, shakes the head out of it, and then pops it on just to give that Boba Fett oh. feeling. Oh yeah, man. But anyway, that was I just wanted to give you a little little couple of stories about Bill Romanowski. So does your opinion change of him or do you still think he's an asshole? Um, I think he's an asshole. I've always like, you know, I've always you got to like kind of separate and be like, yeah, this guy's a dick, but like he was a good player and since I was a little bit removed from from his playing days, I knew he was an ass. Um, but I also knew he was good, so my opinion's different. And even though he did all this really kind of terrible stuff, I still hate Indomitian Sue more because I actually saw him do that. And there's something there's you got to be honest, you know. If you're just straight up beating the shit out of people and you're like not sorry for it, you know, kudos to you. You're gonna be a shithead. Be honest about it. Don't try to do that sneaky bullshit. Hey, he was pretty straightforward. So. But um, I, I definitely thought, I definitely thought he had more like steroid getting caught. But I knew, I did know that he did brag about how he was able to get away with a lot of it. I think there's a lot of people that think that the two, like every time you talk about Bill Romanowski, they think steroids, steroids, steroids. And while it's probably true, I never once said that he wasn't taking them. It just was, it just wasn't proven that he did take them until 2003. But he took hey, a bunch of other things. if you don't get things. caught, did you really do it? That's true. That is true. I mean, did OJ really kill? Never got caught. Uh, he never got caught. Never got caught. Did Jerry Jones really masturbate in a shoe one time? Probably. He said he, he did, but... He, did. he said he did, but never got caught. All right. and, and if you tell some people something when you're drunk, is it really a confession? That's a you good point, too. Right Jerry, let's it. just say, Jerry, we don't think you jerked off in the shoe. Allegedly. Allegedly. I still think he did, though. I'm sure he did. I'm sure he he's probably doing it somewhere in the in, in the Jerry world right now. Some, like, secretary took off her shoes because they were hurting her feet at work. She steps on them and steps I, back in at the I, end of the little day. little lady, like, is that an eight? <laughs> all right i'm out of here i got shoes to jerk off into do you think jerry jones is one of the you like you know something about mary uh where he eats the macaroni or something out of the shoe oh i hope it's not the same shoe he jerked off in it's flavoring man you gotta add some okay. extra protein it's, <laughs> it's my white cheese macaroni all right we need to cut this off we're going way downhill uh we'll see y'all next week with another topic um not about Bill Romanowski, but something else. Bar any last words that don't include jerking off in shoes. Um, I don't really want to eat macaroni for a long time after my last statement. So. I think that's fair. All right. Well, especially the white shells with cheese. Oh God! All right. If you have any comments towards our Twitter, Twitter, our Twitter, I was in Twitter. Uh, look, contact our Twitter. full. Send us a Gmail. Oh my god, I sound like an old person. Alright, I'm just gonna go. We'll see y'all next week. Bye. (laughs) Bye.